All right, what do you want to do for the beginning? Probably just keep it, probably just keep it the same. Right? Yeah, just keep it the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah, why don't we, this time let's keep it the same. And we'll go from there. Yeah, we'll just go from there. All right. Yeah, I think, I think that's probably what we should do. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. Stupid Brothers Podcast presented by the Brotherly Game. I'm AJ down in Fredericksburg, Virginia, joined by my co-host and my brother. I am Luke. I'm up here in Philly. It is episode 117. Um, so let's talk. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about the Nashville game, obviously, and then we'll uh it's Star Wars Day that we're recording, and you're gonna be listening on Cinco de Mayo, so we probably should have done something along that line. Uh, yeah. Um and then we've got some cool different, like, thoughtful topics at the end, or for the second half of the episode. Um, yeah, we can yeah, end up, yeah. you know, putting some thought into our into our content. Yeah, we're not just riffing. <laughs> well, I won't go that far, but yeah. Well, all right, yeah, we're, we're doing it. All right, man. <laughs> so this is, like, one of the only games you've ever watched on TV this season. So, yeah, um, yeah what do you think? Um, I mean, I definitely had some FOMO seeing that there is a lot of Union fans and, and some of the guys we knew going to this game. So, yeah, it seemed like a fun time, and that, that stadium looks really, really awesome. So it, it was at least – it was it was cool that it was on national television, so we got to get, you know, good coverage of the game and of the stadium, and it was uh, – I don't know. Yeah, the, the, just a, a cool atmosphere. Um, exciting to see a big stadium like that for soccer and – yeah, I don't know. What What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I was trying to figure out why I was watching it in Spanish. I forgot my wife had the main TV, so I, <laughs> I had to watch on ESPN Plus, and I you only get the Spanish feed when it's on actual TV. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I didn't mind it at all. Like, I, I'm not a huge fan of commentators. Um, but yeah, an interesting thing about that game that uh, Jim Curtin talked about with it being on such a big stage, he said there are like 20 extra cameras or something like there's a bunch of extra cameras for this specific game. And the point that he was making is like, it's, it's kind of weird that one game is kind of considered more important than another game Mm -hmm. through a refing eye and that like, it could be viewed differently or reffed differently. Right. Yeah. Like VAR can catch up things a little easier or, or differently than yeah, in other yeah. games. Interesting. Yeah. And VAR did, you know, it had a, a yeah, place so in this game. Kind of... So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the big highlights, uh, they came out really hot. Well, I mean, you didn't have the first good chance. You, uh, you, man, he's, he is effective. He is really making things happen. Yeah, and it's great that he finally scored. But like, he's he's getting chances, uh, finding good spaces, making the defense think and work. It's it's cool to have a player like that. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just it's exciting, exciting to have him and to see him score and then see how it's going to go. 
Um, yeah, it definitely man, feels like Nashville. that's going to be a, 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 you know, a relief for him. And, and hopefully that just gets him into his form and we can see him really clicking with, with Krantz and Gazda because we, we, yeah, we've seen them play well enough. And then now that he's got his goal and it should be able to be that, you know, that weight off his shoulders, that it'll more will come. And when, and those, those chances that he gets into, he'll, he'll be able to start finishing more and more. So it is, it, it right. does feel exciting. And that feels like a big, a huge takeaway from this game is, is that, that, that single play. So that's, yeah, that's definitely crucial for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we got so freaking lucky though in that first half. I mean, yeah. Nashville just, yeah. One after our one chance, like Nashville woke up a little bit, Dax McCarty blasted him off the post. I mean, I, I was almost rooting for that to go in. It was just so pretty. Hmm. Um, Mule, he his was uh saved by Blake off the post, and we just got. And then uh, what was the other guy? Was it Leal who had the one right on the doorstep where Blake made? The no, that was save? that was Mule again. Oh, Mule again. Yeah, All right, yeah. cool. Um, yeah, not like that one. Like <laughs> that could e- like they're saying like that could easily be like the save of the year. Like, and that has right. that kind of quality. So like, yeah, Blake was he was balling out this game, and we really needed him to because yeah, yeah, like you're saying, Nashville was peppering in the goals, and we got saved by the post too. But Blake was you know standing on his head. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this point, I think, I mean. At the end of the year, I feel like Curtin always tallies up how many points Blake earns us, and mm-hmm. I think this one is definitely, definitely a solid point that he earned us. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Um, like I'm thinking, like yeah. after this game was over, I know, like kind of jumping ahead, but like I felt like this felt more like a win than a tie mm-hmm. uh, because of you know the, the goal, the, the Euro goal, and just like the, the way the game would play it out. And it's funny thinking about like last week, the Montreal tie felt way, way more like a loss than a tie. So it's interesting, like going at Nashville in this in this kind of game, this game stated it, it felt way more successful of a point that we got. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I did. I predicted the tie, and that was a very pessimistic yeah. prediction. DP Brothers situation, but uh, yeah. Um, Harriel, I, I wrote down. He's just he's a new rock man. He is a rock. One of the things I, I least liked was after the Martinez handball. They kept looking at this camera, kept focusing on Harriel, and mm-hmm. it made me think it was Harriel, but it wasn't. And yeah, um, but yeah, Harriel, just what a what a gem, what a gem. Yeah. Uh, then the last thing that I kind of wrote down was that I thought, and this this is one of the very few times in life that I'm going to possibly disagree with Doopy Dad, <laughs> but I thought Martinez was awesome. Um, and I know people will might receive that mixed, but I think this team just. Um, well, let me before before I go on my rant. What what did you think about Martinez? Yeah, I think I I think he had a good game too. Um, I yeah, it, it's always just a little bit of like nerves and frustration when when with him on the ball, but that didn't seem as much of an issue in this game. And yeah, his his, his coverage and his and his defensive abilities were. were, were were shining in this game and i thought so I, I feel like he was yeah he got a good game okay yeah definitely i think our team is spoiled with that man because <laughs> he and i know there's moments here and there where he's reckless with the ball yeah. but <clears throat> more often than not 
he receives the ball in, in dangerous spots. Um, right, right. In crowds, man right on him, man coming from his blind side. And he, he finds ways to escape out of trouble so often. And, and I mean, we are spoiled because, I mean, they just keep playing him these balls and, and using him as a, an escape valve when there isn't any other option. Um, and, like, other than, you know, just booting it out for, like, a throw-in or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we're just very fortunate to have this guy who – you know, you give it to him anywhere and there's an opportunity that he's going to find his way out of a problem. Um, so yeah, I thought, I thought he was fantastic and I thought he was one of the best players on the field. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of want to move this conversation more up the field because I know we, we <laughs> talked about you was, you know, effectiveness and, you know, we got the goal, but I, I'm, I'm starting to see like, a big difference in in those those starting attackers and then who we're bringing on the off off the bench. So I'm starting like I know we had some discussion in the previous episodes about like getting frustrated with Curtin subbing and stuff, but in this game I, I was kind of started to see like okay there is such a big drop off between like subbing on like Corey Burke and even like Quinn Sullivan even into the you know striking positions and taking off you and Carranza and. It's like it's seeing those those front three click so well, and then seeing like Corey Burke come in and you know works hard and, and tries to get into good positions, but like isn't 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 going to be on the same page as the other guy these other guys, and and I I'm kind of starting to understand why Kern isn't rotating as much, and I, even though he is kind of with, with these strikers, and it's just like once he's making once those subs get start to happen, it's like okay, it makes sense when like I, I see the stat that we've we haven't scored a goal past the 60 whatever minute that that you scored that was like latest goal we scored in all season so like i'm starting to understand why the subs maybe aren't happening as, as fluidly as as we might have hoped and i don't know i i don't know if it's a concern yet because i know like santos is hurt and maybe you just need to get the homegrowns a little bit more confidence and then and they'll start clicking with this new kind of offense we're we're, we're creating with you know, the more, even more directness and over the top kind of balls. But I don't know. I just feel like there's be, be, becoming to be such, such a big drop off in our starters and our compared to ourselves, especially in the, the attacking side. What do you, how do you, how do you feel about that? I think that's a great call out. Um, yeah, I, I definitely did not put much thought into it other than thinking to myself, like, who did we sub on for? Ua or Carranza and just like trying to remind myself who actually came into the game because they're just not doing anything. So yeah. yeah, I yeah. And and I know yeah. like part of the conversation was like bring McGlynn in for Flock so he can provide more offense. But I think when it's like those guys start to get shuffled around and, and like the subs start happening, like I don't think McGlynn can save the whole offense if it's not, you know, those, those starting front three in front of them. It's, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's, there's kind of a, I don't know, something they need to like be kind of figure out before the, the to get those subs to be to a little bit, to be a little more effective. Yeah. I think, I think there is definitely cream rising to the top with yeah. the guys, dog Carranza mm-hmm. and you just kind of enjoying playing with, with better players. And, yeah. And I, and uh, I do feel like Santos has a place in that too. And he's just been hurt, but 
because I feel like he has a, a somewhat similar style to, to Ua that he can, you know, make those runs and stretch the defense and get behind the defense. He just doesn't have the same, you know, finishing abilities maybe, but I, mm-hmm. I feel like he he could be a, a, a better, more effective sub once he's healthy. And I know that's that's a rare occasion though. Right, yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, well said, Lucas Pucas. Thank you, thank you. Cool, man. Um, I don't really have much more on this one other than shout out to the people who were there providing yeah. some content. Uh, Morgan with some super uh, fire pictures. Yeah. Is that what they could say? The, Definitely. They were, lit. they were fire. Um, yeah. Cool, man. Uh, Union Best, Union Worst, you want to jump into that? Sure. I feel like there's some easy easy options for best. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I'll let you go first. All right, I'll, I'll go Andre Blake. I think that's I think that's the right answer. <laughs> he was incredible, and it sucks they didn't get that that PK save. And I, I you could tell that he really wanted it, and he was he's frustrated because he he was so close, but you know he still had an incredible game. Yeah, and um, it's also cool that like the Union held the held uh, the National Nashville to only one PK goal. Like that's the only way they scored on right, us. There was right. none in the run of play. Yeah. Um, Do you think the other, uh, the Corey Burke possible handball should have been a handball? Or, uh, or... Nah. I yeah. mean, if yeah, I I don't think so. Maybe maybe if you hadn't called the Martinez one, which was like so blatant, because mm-hmm. like that kind of set a high bar for a uh, handballs in the box. Sure. Yeah. Um, and and I saw some people on Twitter being like what's he doing with his hand, hand up like that? And it's like, you don't have control of your hands when you're like in the, in the thick of it. It's like, right. it's, it's all instinct and your body's just moving and yeah. you're more concentrated on the parts of the body that can touch the ball than yeah. the yeah. parts that don't. Um, so I was like annoyed when I saw that, but yeah, I didn't think much of the Burke one. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. At first I, th- I was like in the moment I, I kind of, expected it to to be called and become a pk just because of i i kind of felt like the game was turning into like a, a you know home field advantage kind of thing yeah, right. but yeah after seeing more replays i feel like that was the right call yeah and there weren't too many people who were arguing for it yeah yeah um yeah i'll go my best oh we don't really talk too much about god's dog i thought i thought he looked pretty good involved yeah. still still working a little bit on chemistry but mm-hmm. um I, I just see him, his level rising and rising. Yeah. Um, yeah. Still, still some growth to be had, but uh, very involved, and I like that. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with our guy Uwa. I'm good. Guy's nice. first goal. Gotta give him some credit there. Yeah. Nice. Um, do you have a worst? Um, I, I don't know if this is super fair, but I want to go Corey Burke. I just feel like he's not finding the game once he comes onto the field. And I, I know I was kind of talking about that earlier, but that's that's kind of just going to stick with that kind of answer. Yeah, that's what I was. That, that was the guy I was going to go with. So, just for another one, I'll just go. I'll just go Sullivan, just as the other sub that I didn't feel. We we want him. Obviously, we want him to make more of a difference, and yeah, we know he's capable. But they yeah. just they just have not been clicking um, off the bench like they've been in the past. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Cool. Um. Yeah, that sums up this week. After after the break, we'll talk Star Wars. Um, 
yeah, I think I think our Star Wars fandom is about to really show. And then uh, you've got some cool topics. I've got some cool topics. And uh, yeah, then we'll talk about next week's or this week's LAFC matchup. So come back after this. Hey guys, Doopy Brothers podcast presented by the Brotherly Game. Thanks for coming back to the Doopy Brothers. Um, May the 4th is right now. Cinco de Mayo is when this will be released, but uh, we're going to keep you in the past. Um, so I threw this out to Luke, and um, it's going to be a one-player game with commentary. Uh, Star Wars <laughs> characters, uh, or maybe I should, Union players as Star Wars characters. I don't know, whatever the connection is and reason. Um, and so throughout this little exercise, I'll give you my eight Star Wars characters and their Union equivalent and you will learn my extensive knowledge of Star Wars. Yeah, I, I can't wait for this. All right, cool. So I almost don't want to start with the first one, so I'm gonna I'll come back to that one. Yeah. Uh, the first the the one I'm gonna start with is Jar Jar Binks. Um, everyone's favorite. Everyone's favorite. One of the most memorable characters, and I think underrated, obviously. <laughs> uh, this is gonna be Jack Elliot because. He's tall and lanky. Okay. So, yeah. No, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. That's okay. good. Cool. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, I, I believe he's like an early Jedi, right? Wasn't he like one of the first Jedis who like did stuff? Yeah, sure. I don't know. Okay. So I'm going to go with uh, Sebastian Latou, one of the first okay. leaders. Yeah. No, that's a good one. That is a good yeah. one. I, I feel like Obi-Wan was like a wise one or something probably. Yeah. No, Luke that's, that's... Skywalker. Oh, uh, go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm disagreeing with you. Yeah, but you keep going. Okay. Luke Skywalker. I feel like this was an easy one. Um, you saw him in episode one as a young kid, and then he grows up and is a hero. And he's got shaggy hair. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm going to say. Mr. Aronson. Yeah. Brendan Aronson. And who's Luke's brother in Star Wars? Um. Well, he... Doesn't he has a sister? Oh, isn't Leia his sister? Yep. So Paxton's Leia, I guess. <laughs> That's how. Isn't, it like some, isn't there like some romantic thing between them? Maybe before they realize it's it's complicated. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite comedians. I've uh, is it Mulaney who says like the saying, "You can't make this up," or "You can't make this up," and someone maybe it's Seinfeld. I don't know, but it's like. Somebody made up Star Wars. Like, like anything can be made up. Anyway. <laughs> what are you um, saying? I don't know. It's like, you can't make this stuff up. But the line in the, the comedian says is, yeah, but somebody made up Star Wars. Anyway, um, Han Solo. Han Solo. Um, oh, he's like the guy who like flies the Millennium Falcon. He's kind of like a rebel, rebe- rebellious hero kind of character. Oh, wow. That's even better with my pick. Do you want to guess who I went with? Um, did you go at Martinez? No, that would have been good too. I went Bedoya. Okay, yeah, I was thinking, maybe thinking Bedoya. Yeah, steering the ship, guiding the ship. Yep. Um, that's good. Uh, Chewbacca, I had a little bit of a hard time with. Um, and and I forgot the player, so you'll you'll have to help me with the player. <laughs> um, what? So I, I I landed on Carlos Cornell because of the beard, but I didn't want to pick him because he's on the Red Bull now. Uh-huh. And so who was that defender 
that we drafted and then he, his first play was against Richie Marquez. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Richie Marquez. Yeah. Just that guy. for hair reasons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so deep cut. I remember that his first game. That was very enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, Yoda. Yoda. I am currently watching him play on TV right now. Oh, that's. I was going to pick the same guy. I know exactly who you're talking about. Harris Madunia. Yep. The wise, yep. wise man. The wise one who led uh, young Brendan Aronson mm-hmm. to where he is now. That's good. As Luke Skywalker. Um, Spock. <laughs> who most represents Spock? I mean, if it's, if it's not Michael Bradley, it's Aurelian Colin. <laughs> that was purely on looks. I don't know what role Spock plays in Star Wars, but apparently a pretty good one because he's got his own handshake thing. Um, <laughs> and then the last one, Darth Vader, uh, the evil father figure, betrayer. I was almost going to go with Mboli. Mm. But I thought it had to be bigger than that. I thought it had to be someone who was run out of town. Someone who didn't play, but was a big part in Union's beginnings. Okay. Nick Sackowitz, however you say his name. Uh-huh. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I always thought you were going to go with uh, Novak because he started going beginning and stuff. But that was another one. He was also in the running for. Yeah. Uh, Darth Vader. Darth Vader. I have a lot of names coming to that one. That name. <laughs> uh, but, well, good list. Good list. I think you. Yeah, yeah you did did pretty good. As good as anyone would have expected you to do for this this segment. Thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Cool. All so right. now you've got a cool proposition here. Okay. Yeah. Based off of the you know Nashville new stadium and all that kind of you know exciting stuff. Um, I just kind of get got my mind thinking how different would it be if the union joined MLS it's say like in the past like two years ago because reason like I'm kind of thinking about this is like there's been so many like incredibly you know awesome new stadiums being built like in the city for these new 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 expansion franchises uh there's a lot like a mental behind soccer right now and and it's, you know, constantly being, you know, building up this, you know, just passion for soccer in, in, in America. So it's like easier to get like new fans into like to, you know, get these, you know, people who are following, you know, you're paying soccer. It's easier for them to like jump onto a, an MLS team when it's a brand new team, just jumping into the, you know, f- first game of this, of a, of a new team's, uh, you know, history rather than like trying mm-hmm. to be bought into a team that existed for, for a good amount of time, even though it's, you know, not. Not like the Union or really any MLS team has been around for super long compared to European teams, but I, I well, like how different do you think it would could be for for Union if they were like a more recent uh, franchise and like how, how that could be shaped differently for their their setup, I guess. Yeah, I, I think that's a really cool cool thought and uh, question to bring up, and and I think you even framed it as would you. What did you say before? Would you? Would I prefer? Yeah, and, and it's, I'm, I'm not trying. To, I, I, yeah, I kind of wanted to go away from that because I don't want to sound like I'm complaining about anything about the union right now. Right, right. Okay, our, okay. We are very lucky with the union, right. this club that we're supporting, and on and off the field, they're doing a lot of incredible things. So I don't want to like phrase it that way, but just like in this kind of think about this as like a you know a thought experiment. 
yeah okay um i'll experiment with thinking <laughs> um no yeah like like you kind of mentioned um about like the stadium might have a different location uh like a better more central to philly location i i also would venture to say that the color scheme might be a little more flashy and bright hmm. maybe a little more of the light oh my gosh um sorry watching the cincinnati game guy just did uh almost like a rainbow over a guy but like where we uh, oh it's brenner oh anyway um <laughs> there'd be almost more along the lines of the philly flag with the light blue and gold yeah like the so our, our, our lightning kits might be the more of the yeah, yeah, colors, kind of, yeah 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 because it just seems like all these newer teams kind of have more of a a flash pop yeah kind of look to them that's true um, yeah yeah i yeah i think it would be interesting i also wonder what the because if you're bringing in a team now you're requiring ownership to be have much deeper pockets so i wonder if mm -hmm. the whole build and dynamic of how the team is built is different yeah um because yeah yeah I, I mean i don't think sugarman's getting a team in 2020 yeah that's true and i guess a lot of it like comes down like this hypothetical comes down to like maybe just a, a way in more improved stadium situation um being that like all these new stadiums are you know obviously just nicer and newer but like seem to be in in, in pretty prime locations for for their fans and like or, you yeah. know near their city so maybe that's something that like would be would be a factor but i feel like it's i don't know i feel like it also seems to be such a thing where it's like there's just a lot of momentum and like i don't know if it's just like they've learned how to market their teams and build this kind of excitement around a, a new team better with like in, in the you know current years compared to what right. we were like in the past and like i feel like we were on the edge of like edge of like that kind of like transition and with this you know i you know economic you know we were in like the recession and all this stuff when the union kind of were forming and like it kind of was like the best that they could do in, in terms of like marketing and stadium and all that kind of stuff and all the plans around chester had to be you know scrapped and all that kind of things but like and and so that's just like unfortunate timing but i feel like this currently teams are, are have figured out how to get a big fan base and big excitement around a team and, and obviously that's like something that has to be you know sustainable and isn't completely sustainable with you know pack in charlotte's football stadium and all that kind of stuff but it seems yeah. like the thing they've kind of cracked the code a little better now recently yeah I wonder, and i wonder if the academy would be still such a big focus mm -hmm. right um yeah so yeah it, it is an interesting yeah and again i, I don't want to make this sound like we're complaining about anything about the union about what they're doing and I, and it's great that we've had to a, a team to follow for over a decade now so that's i, yeah. I it's definitely not something i'd, I'd want to change and uh and yeah uh, yeah obviously and i also really enjoy having had years and years of suck like like mm -hmm. i think there there is novelty is not the word uh there there is something special about being bad for many years and then being able to look back and be like that was part of our growth and right. that was part of the journey um even if we were not um sure where we were ever gonna go but yeah um, yeah like atlanta fans just feel spoiled and like now that they're right. like trying to figure things out since then it's 
it feels like a, 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 I don't know, a less satisfying uh, trajectory for a club. Right. Yeah. Oh, a little more of a plastic fan base. If, if you're just coming in and starting off without years and years of misery, it's right. like, yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Um, that's what, that's a Cincinnati. That's what Cincinnati's planning on. <laughs> yeah. That's a, well, I, they're, they're it's all part of the plan. <laughs> Dude, they, they won again. Yeah. Um, just finished their, uh, Beatdown of Toronto. Oh, look at that. What? Well, look at that. Um, all right, you're next. All right. This is, yeah, we didn't really dig into this, but uh, how there, there's just, so last time we played uh, LAFC, no, not the last time, but the epic time that we played LAFC was right before the pandemic. And it's just crazy to think that that game is so fresh in my memory. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure everyone's memory just, you know, the goals that were scored, the the night staying up so late and everything like that. Yeah. Um, and then just, it's just crazy to think that since that time, we've just had so much going on. Um, you know, us personally, kids getting born, you getting married, moving. Yeah. And then like just the unions, union-wise, like the growth of the team and going from not really sure where we were to being this team that wins the supporter shield and now has become a staple at the top of the East, as far as one of the top four teams consistently throughout the season. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it is like, interesting. Yeah. That, that game kind of looking back, it kind of felt like our, like the unions, I don't know, like coming out party as like a top team in the league and a team to be reckoned with because we, you know we're, we're we're building to that point but that was like our big our big stage test of like we can hang with a, a top team and mm-hmm. it's crazy as it as it got like we we hung in there and and stepped up and, and had our own big moments which was something that we never yeah. really had before yeah it's almost like union history can be divided at that moment where yeah. it can be like before lafc and after lafc mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Because I felt like a game, it was like Aronson had his goal. He like was, that was his you know breakthrough season, and 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 that game he was he was yep. a big you know heavily involved in. And yeah, there's there's a lot of things to think about from that game, not just like the Glasnost goal. It was just and that was what El Brujo's like kind of a oh yeah that's you know, right. He, you know his, his he got all bloodied up and had a big game, and that, that kind of endeared him to Union fans for forever now. And and that's yeah, that, it was, yeah a lot happened. It was cool. Yeah. Um, I got a random soccer topic of the week this week. Uh, and this comes based upon today's Manchester United and Real Madrid Champions League game. Um, so I'll frame it for you, kind of explain uh, City's up 1-0, head into like the last few minutes. Um, Jack Grealish gets behind, uh, gets behind the keeper, puts the ball on frame. Uh, Mendy clears it off the line. And you're like, holy smokes, Like that that could be a really huge play. But you're just not sure because Real Madrid still needs two goals. Mm-hmm. Um, sure enough, they get the two goals, goes over time. Benzema scores a PK. They end up winning and move it on. Um, so so what, what do you feel? Gosh, I don't know if this is too clear that it's PK, but... Goal line save versus a PK goal. Not not like a nice goal like in the run of play or something, but just like a penalty kick goal versus goal line save. What's bigger for 
a game and it might just be so circumstantial but yeah because you're saying in general not just like from this exact game right yeah hmm. i hmm i mean like, it's like Harriel had a big goal line save that i remember more than someone had a pk Ferranza took a pk this year right yeah, I remember Andrew Rudin had a peak at area goal line save. And that was maybe the only thing I remember from him. Right, yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. I, Because I, it's like, I mean, goals are goals. Like, that's if it's, you know, the goals change things more than anything. But a, a PK or, or a goal line save, like, you know, it's like saving a goal. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if there's a real clear answer to that, but I, I almost want to say... I think it, I I don't I don't think this is a super interesting answer. But I think it's just a PK goal because it's a goal. I think goals change things more than anything in soccer, and that's just how it is. Right. What if the question is what's more memorable? Yeah, I think maybe then you might might have a, a better argument for a goal line save mm-hmm. because unless it's like a Panenka or just like I don't know, like the the Randall Yao PK. Like I I guess that's that's different because that was like their first goal in their stadium, but like that's a goal that's pretty forgettable because it like saves a tie like whatever that's not like there's not much you can do to to make a a pk that exciting when you score right and and in that game the highlight that more people would see is the blake granted it's a goalie save but of uh, blake's big save compared right. to the gay first goal ever in yeah. four national right right yeah it's also really sweet that we scored the first goal ever in that stadium yeah like yeah just cool Definitely. um all right cool uh, I guess let's let's move on to LAFC. Um, Santos might might be available. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, it would be pro- well, not clearly, but I would assume in a sub role. Uh, yeah, Curtin had a quote saying, "If you rotate more than four guys, you're almost guaranteed to lose," according to statistics. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, what do you what do you see? Do you see any big moves being made for this game? Do you think they go full full throttle and then let the next game kind of? It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Basically, mainly because of like the argument I was making in the first segment, her first half of the episode, that like our our starters are so much better than our bench right now. Right. So like the rotation, it yeah, I, I yeah, I agree. It feels so risky, but like like what current saying um i i think i'd be interested in seeing mcglitz start over flock and but but maybe i don't know lafc is so good like maybe you'd be able to try to be more conservative and just keep flock in there to you know play defense and and break things up um because that's you know he's gonna be you know dealing with like carlos velo for you know with kai wagner like maybe just flock and be hang back there and, and help out um I yeah, it's really tough to say like who's a clear good spot to rotate. Like maybe Quinn Sullivan gives Bedoya a breather, and we save Bedoya for Orlando, and you know, try to like balance balance things that way. But it's it's really hard. I I can't make a clear like pick that I that I I'd want to see a player rotated. I don't know. Do, can yeah. you can you take one? Well, I feel like we said we had this kind of similar conversation last week talking about like this tight yeah. schedule. Where where do you put more chips, or do you split the chips evenly, and how do you do that? And 
and I, I guess I'm coming back to like, I think it was more of your argument saying like, you know, this LAFC isn't there, you know, Western conference. It's, it's less of a important game, even though they're potentially like a supporter shield competitor. Um, I think it's, it's still more important to get points in the East. So maybe this LAFC game is one that we, we rotate and, and maybe you give, you know, Bedoya, I don't know, God's dogs, some rest and throwing packs in or something. And, and just, you know, rest those guys and, and give that game up to chance and, and focus more on open cup and then Red Bull. I, I, I wouldn't be like upset by any of that. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at the two MLS games next week and you got LAFC away and Red Bull at home, one of those is definitely more important than the other. Yeah, and, for sure. Yeah. It, yeah. The Red Bull game feels more like a must win and LAFC is, you know, a point would be awesome kind right. of thing. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I guess we're talking ourselves into maybe rotating at LAFC, but I just, I don't know exactly how confident I feel in that, in, yeah. in getting any result if we rotate guys. Right. Um, with that being said, I think, I think we win two to one. I think it will be a two to one union win. Okay. Well, I feel good about that. I'm going to, I'm going to, Say I'm gonna call this one a tie. I'm gonna go with another fun. I'm gonna go with two-two tie, just a little less exciting than last the last time, but a, a still maybe a fun. MLS after dark, wild things happen. Yeah. Now, last last question about rotation. Do you have to start Uwa? I think so. I think it's. I think just getting keeping him and Kronza together and Gazdog, keeping those guys getting those guys as much reps as minutes as possible is gonna be best for the long run for these guys and mm-hmm. you, we can you know we're starting to see their their chemistry building and we didn't even talk about Kron so much but i feel like he had a, a quietly had a great game and i feel like he he does like some things on the ball and around the ball that are just he's such high quality it's it's really fun to see so i'm i just want to keep seeing those guys out there i don't think unless santos is fully healthy he could he could be the really the only one to really break up their starting streak yeah yeah the only argument I would say would be the travel. Yeah. This will be like who mm-hmm. was furthest travel trip in the history of his whole life. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. And maybe, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe you could throw out Sullivan or, or Burke, I guess, but that's just, it's just such a drop off at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I agreed. Um, despite them both being on my fancy team. Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, who are your goal scorers for this game? Uh, I'll, I'll go both forwards. Uwa Carranza. Nice. I'm going to pull an AJ. I'm going to go with the Carranza brace. Carranza brace. I love it. Love it. Yeah. Awesome, man. Cool. Well, uh, solid work. Yeah. Solid work tonight. Um, I think it's time to log off. We're going to watch the. You rooting for Seattle, right? I think so, yeah. I mean, it, it's more exciting for them to win than Pumas to win. So let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, uh, good job tonight. Um, Everybody, thanks for listening as always. And uh, keep on being good people. Union goal!